0: You're listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 125. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Jeff Lindsay, who is the author of the Riley Wolf novels and the New York Times bestselling author of the Dexter novels, which were adapted for television by Showtime into the iconic Golden Globe and Emmy Award winning series. Jeff's latest book is the second book in his Riley Wolf series, Fool Me Twice, which was published on December 1st, so it's available now. Uh, during this podcast, we talk about Jeff's amazing career, creating the Dexter character. I asked him about his thoughts on the TV series, on the TV version of Dexter, and yes, I asked him what his uh, thoughts were on that series finale and about Dexter's coming back to Showtime, which was uh, recently announced. We also talk about his anti-hero characters like Dexter and Riley Wolf, and a lot more, so stay tuned for that uh, coming right up. For short notes about this episode and to check out my over 120 interviews with best-selling authors of thrillers, mysteries, and suspense books, please check out thrillerauthors.com and also do visit thrillingreads.com forward slash rate to rate and review this podcast. All right, here is my interview with uh, Jeff Lindsay. Uh, excited to have uh, Jeff on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? Not bad so far. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. And I'm really excited to talk to you. You've uh, done an advanced copy of your book, so I read that, uh, Fool Me Twice. We're going to talk about that, really uh, enjoy that a lot. Thank um, you. But, um, but before we get things going, can you tell us a little bit about your background, like before you became uh, Jeff Lindsay, the, the author, the best <laughs> author? I, I started out
1: at, as a writer and studying literature and writing and uh, along the way i got interested in in acting and acting took me to directing and uh, along the way also there are two ways apparently um music has always been a thing for me and i i worked as a um, you know you know lounge singer in cafe i did a lot of fern bars in the 80s and stuff <laughs> like that and i've also worked with uh bands Everything from country western to to um, new wave, and um, so that's that's been along the way. But oddly enough, everything I've ever done led me back to writing, and it, it all contributes to the writing too. Um, people have said before that they, you know, the the books are are very well, how to put it. You can see it when you mm. read it, and that that's led to some good adaptations with the Dexter series, and soon with uh, Riley Wolfe. And it's, you know, there's a sense of musical rhythm in it too, I guess. So um, nothing is ever wasted. Things happen, and you blend them into
0: other things, and this is the great mystery we call life. (laughs) And do you always, like, even when you're doing all these different things, were you always in the back of your mind, like, uh, thinking about writing, or did that come uh, later? No, it was more like I got kicked back towards it, just as an
1: example. (laughs) Uh, I was an actor in a rep company and we were scheduled to do a new play. And the director came to me and said, um, Hey, the, the playwright died. And I like, Oh, wow. That that's a bummer. And he said, well, you write some, don't you? Do you think you could write the play to fill that slot? So I was a writer again. And that, you know, almost everything I did from music to comedy, I ended up writing and you get the message at a certain point. And, um, when uh, when my wife watched me go through you know the routine of okay band practice okay theater performance okay uh comedy time and you know she said to me you know you'd be really good if you just did one thing and um she was very persuasive that's why she ended up my wife um and so that's that was it i i, I stick to writing i've still do music when i can and um a lot of i I, I do my audio books so i still do a little bit of voice work but uh you know when life keeps pushing you at something sooner or later you got to figure out if there's a reason for that and I, i think
0: there was and were you a fan of uh, like the mystery, thriller, or the darker type of books yourself when you were reading before you started to write these uh, these type of books? No, not really. Um, I grew up with sci-fi
1: and then with, uh, you know, like the Rex Stout and John D. McDonald and um, stuff like that. And um, I, I sort of wanted to write, you know, like an updated version of of Travis McGee, which was John D. McDonald's character, uh, which is actually what two of my books, um, uh, Tropical Depression and Red Tide were about. But um, Dexter was just going to be a one-off, a one-shot because uh, come on, who wants to read about a, a serial killer? That's <laughs> craziness. So um, it, it apparently is craziness, but hey, we're all crazy, I guess. So that, that took off and, um, again, when you get pushed a certain way enough
0: times, you figure out there's a reason for it, yeah, I think especially the your your approach to it too was so different because i mean there's there's been a lot of those that subgenre of serial thr- serial killer thrillers, but you're the first where the serial thriller was kind of like the, the the star, the protagonist, the good guy. <laughs> Yeah, do you you get pushback on that at all from your editors or anything? Yeah, I do. It surprised me. He's not a
1: good guy. And when someone said to me early on, um, "How how much of the other stuff in the serial killer genre do you read?" My reaction, honestly, was, "Wait, it's a genre? (laughs) Other people get uh, write these things? God, what's wrong with us? How can that become a whole genre? It's crazy." So. The, you know that was a constant series of shocks for me um i haven't i still haven't read any um except after a while i gave in and read silence of the lambs
0: yeah that's a that's a great book but very uh, a different approach
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and you mix you mix uh, humor with, with with such a dark topics so in in dexter and, and, with, and with the Riley wolf books as as well um is that uh, is that something that you you kind of did it to like make it more readable or more acceptable? (laughs) Um, I I think if you do funny,
1: it's almost impossible to turn it off and it sneaks in no matter what you're doing. I'm sure we've all known people who like at a, at a really dark moment will say something funny, just they can't help it. And I can't help it either. And the other thing is um, I had a wonderful directing teacher, a Romanian man named Radu Pinchelescu who would do things like that in plays he directed. And someone would say to him, what's that about? And he'd say, we are making the audience to laugh and then instantly feel this was illegal to laugh. (laughs) And that became a big thing with me, the illegal laugh. You know, laughing at things that are not funny that you go, ha ha, oh God. (laughs) So I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember I I first discovered your work uh, from from the, the television show of Dexter, of course. And then I went back, I'm like, Oh, there's books. And so I went and read the books and then, yeah, it was like, you couldn't put them down. And uh, there's such great books. And uh, yeah, that the comedy is, it's just the uh, well, the humor, not the comedy, the humor that, that's in there was just uh made it. So I was like, wow, this is such, so different from anything else that I've read before. Well, thanks. Before we get into your, your latest book, I was kind of curious about with the whole Dexter's coming back on on TV and showtime. Um, what are your th- thoughts about that? And what did you th- watch the finale when he becomes a lumberjack? I don't know what your thoughts are about all that.
1: Um, I, I did not actually see it. Uh, I've heard about it enough times to be <laughs> a little sick of it. Because <laughs> the way I usually hear about it is someone approaching me either in person or on the web and saying, you idiot, what were you <laughs> thinking? That's the worst thing I ever saw. And in the first place, a lot of people liked it, and in the second place, I had nothing to do with it, and in the third place, leave me alone, you know, go away. <laughs> so uh, the, the the it's not a reboot; it's um, a limited series, um, and the original actors are on board, and just as important, the original showrunner is on board too. So I think it's going to be pretty
0: darn good. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Cause everyone, yeah, like you said, all the key players are coming back. So that's exciting. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what they come up with. Um, so your new series now, it, it, has an, a, it also features an anti-hero type protagonist, Riley Wolf, right. who's like a jewel thief, a, a master thief. So how did that all come together? And, and this is the second book in the, in the series, Fool Me Twice. Um, right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How, how it all came together?
1: Yeah, and um, by the way, uh, Fool Me Twice, which is is out today, but the first book, Just Watch Me, is also out in paperback. Mm. So the two of them together make a great Christmas package for somebody. Perfect.
0: Perfect for Christmas, yeah, everybody. Fact, just
1: about everyone you know would be great. Um, <laughs> if you're not buying 10 or 20 copies of both books, there's something wrong with you.
0: Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> how riley wolf came came to be
1: (laughs) yeah i'd had this idea floating around in my head for a couple of years about a charming con man um and again the theatrical background comes in my thought was he doesn't just put on a disguise he becomes another character another person and there's an art and a science to that and it's something that i was interested in and um well, that just morphed. It, it's very slowly developed. When I decided this was going to be my next project, so that that disguise aspect and even the charming con part of it, that's just things in his toolbox, uh, things he uses for his overall goal. And with Riley Wolf, the goal isn't just you know stealing something and making money. The money's secondary. What he's after is the challenge. Uh, the thrill of pulling off something that everyone says you can't do. And that's what he's about. So when I came up with that, I thought, um, yeah, I work with a psychologist too, but when I, when I came up with that and worked it into the developing character, I, I thought, you know,
0: that's it. I'm, this is who it is. And it's a lot of fun to read too, because it's, it's a, it's a, it's like a globe trotting uh, adventure um, going all over the world and Russia right. and, and everywhere. So that's the, how much um, is do you usually write about places that you've been to, or do you fire up Google Maps? do you do a lot of research before you start writing these books? I prefer
1: to write about places I've been, but um I've never been to russia it's It's mostly yeah, you know you can get online and take virtual tours of of just about anywhere nowadays and so I do all the research i can i you know I'm embarrassed if I make a mistake about something if I can't visit it, which at the moment yeah um i'm not even visiting anything right now Uh, not even the store down on the corner so um i you know the virtual tour works and reading up on it all you can and finding an expert asking questions that sort of thing it's that's the best substitute at the
0: moment and is that uh, something that the whole pandemic going on in this year is that the uh, i know uh, i'm sure it's impacted the promoting the book because you can't go out and promote it like you used to but the the writing process that all stays did that affect you at all or
1: yeah it does Um, it's um, i talked to a lot of friends you know who are writers or musicians or whatever and it's really hard to concentrate right now Mm -hmm. you know and it's not senility (laughs) it's just it's hard to sit here and go okay cool so in this imaginary world when, in fact, the real world is outside locked and loaded, and, you know, knocking on your door. So um, it, it's hard to do. I mean, you still have to do it, but it, it, it's just a little extra work.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and more appreciation as as readers to, uh, for writers like you too, for you know, letting us escape, <laughs> you know, from uh, everything that's going on out there. So I nice to pick up a good book like uh, *Fool Me Twice* and your Dexter book. So thank you, I appreciate that. Um, and so, what's your what's your, it was? Is your writing process uh, different when you were writing Dexter versus uh, uh, *Riley Wolf*, or is your process kind of stay the same? I didn't, Dexter was.
1: It's hard to say whether I don't think this started with Dexter, but. By book three, it was, you know, it was familiar. It was comfortable to get into the character and write it. Uh, Riley is a lot more complicated in the plot area, which is not something I'm naturally good at. And it takes a lot of work to get the plot right. And especially a plot like in Fool Me Twice, which takes a couple of, well, more than a couple, it takes a lot of turns And to make that work and to bring four or five different plot lines all together so that they support each other, that's really hard
0: for me. (laughs) I'm sorry. So it still still takes some time. Do you usually then, if if you're putting all these stories, all these plot lines together, are you outlining everything before you sit down and start writing? (laughs) Yeah, I have to. Um,
1: Everything else I've ever done, I just, you know, I get a beginning, middle and end. Mm and um just go with it and you know there's surprises along the way but as long as i knew where i was going it worked out but with this like i say the plot is so intricate there's still some surprises which is fun but um it, you really you know you draw out a very detailed map and you got to follow the path
0: i always like to ask my guests to um i'm just so curious about what they used to to when they're writing do you use this, like a like word or do you use something different a different program or i used to love word perfect and in
1: my opinion it's a much better program but the industry standard is word hmm. and you have to send uh, your manuscripts in in word and you have to edit them in word so i bit the bullet and i use that now uh, i've been writing on a computer since like early days I'm the first person I know who did that, uh, because a friend of mine, uh, my my partner in the theater and and my roommate, was um, an early computer geek, and he had one of those old compact suitcase models that looked like a sewing machine, and he said, "You got to try this. It's incredible." And I go, "No." Because, you know, everyone knows if you're writing seriously, it has to be done on a 1938 Olivetti Underwood typewriter. But he got me to try it. And it was just so easy. And so, you know, making changes. Okay, no problem. Zip, it's done. And I started writing on that. And I got my own after a while. And I haven't looked back.
0: Yeah, I do remember that was the first one that I started on, too, was the word perfect. I remember that blue blue screen when you first logged on there. (laughs) Little DOS commands, yeah, yeah. Those um, were the days. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine with a, with a, doing it with a with a typewriter. It's like if you had to make changes, you basically had to like rewrite the whole page, or a lot of whiteout, I guess.
1: A lot of whiteout and a lot of cross out and arrows and say C insert seven B things like that. <laughs> What's next with uh for your for you and for uh for Riley Wolf? Well, I've started on on Riley Wolf three. Um, I'm still at the intricate plotting part but um i have a couple of uh, a couple of chapters and a general outline um i'm just i'm just trying to uh to make it more specific and work a couple of plots in um and who knows when that'll be out but uh you know who knows if we'll have a printing press in 6 months you know the world may
0: be over but um
1: just one more thing to think about mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully 2021 uh, starts off a little bit better, but we, I guess we shall see. (laughs) Your lips to God's ears. Yes. Fool Me Twice is uh, out today, December 1st. So by the time my listeners are listening to this, uh, it's out there. So go get it and go get the first one. Go get all his books. It's Christmas. Come on. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So thank you, Jeff, so much for uh, coming to the podcast uh, to uh, talk uh, about your work. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you. Uh, Alan, it's a pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now. I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.